afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Ford here on 970 WDAY. It's, you know, it's Friday for me. I know. How lucky are you? Well, I saved up my vacation time. And I've now got, I'm going to use some of it. I've got vacation time. I just can never take it because everybody else is off all the time. Yeah, i got to wear all the hats. Yeah, well, I did that for years. <laughs> I, you know, I always, I was, for a long time, you know, my talk radio stuff was always guest hosting, right? Which always meant, you know, the, the days that everybody else wanted to take off during the summers, holidays, stuff like that, I was, I was sitting in. So I, I know what that feels like. It's tough, but you'll be all right. I'll, I'll be thinking of you from Medora this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you will be. So I'm off tomorrow, and then I'm also off all of next week's. Um, former state senator Tim Flackle will be sitting in for me tomorrow, uh, and I'll have a, a bunch of I should get out my list of guest hosts. Uh, 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 state Senator John Casper is going to be sitting in for me next week. Um, we'll have uh, Senator Flackle will be on. Uh, John Strand, Fargo City Commissioner John Strand. Uh, we'll be on uh, next week as well, so you know it'll be a uh, it'll be a good thing. Uh, like I said, uh, tomorrow Flackle, uh, Monday Connor Swanson, District Twenty One Republican Chair. Uh, Casper will be on Tuesday. Flackle again on Thursday. Casper, or uh, excuse me, Flackle again on Wednesday. Casper on Thursday. Strand on Friday. So that's uh, that's the guest host lineup coming up, and uh, I will be enjoying myself, taking some time off from the blog and everything, and. Uh, Recuperating. I, it's been a while for me since I took some time off, so I, it should be fun. should be fun. Uh, Join the, the show today, 701-293-9000, uh, There was a Pew poll, uh, a, a poll from the, the Pew Research Center, uh, which came out, and it showed that Republicans, a majority of Republicans, don't think that colleges and universities are good for the country. Um Two years ago, 54% of Republicans and Republican-leaning Americans said colleges and universities had a positive impact on the way things are going in the country. Now 58% say the opposite, that higher education uh, institutions are having a negative impact on the U.S. Uh, in 2015, only 37% of Republicans said that. So a major, major shift. What's going on with it? Uh, I actually have NDSU professor uh, of psychology Clay Rutledge on. Now, Clay has written a number of articles about um, you know, sort of the, the ideological balance on, on campuses and how right-of-center viewpoints often can't don't feel welcome on campus. So we'll talk with him about that coming up at 1.30. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about right off the bat, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, visiting Williston, North Dakota this week, Natil. I heard about that. Yeah, it's, it's part of his tour, I, I guess, across the country where he, he's coming in and he – he just wants to talk to normal people, so I guess you know he he goes to to all sorts of different areas of the country, and he's meeting with people in industries. Uh, uh, you know, here in Williston, he met obviously um, makes sense. He met with with oil people um, and and also residents of the area who had lived through the oil boom, uh, got a handle on that, visited an oil rig, and uh, and then you know I think he went on down to South Dakota and he fit. Uh, visited a research center, visited a ranch. So I, I guess that's the thing he's doing. Really, it's the sort of thing somebody who's thinking about running for president does, right? I mean, that's 
that that seems to be a lot of speculation. Is he running for president? I was going to say, are you are you speculating that Mark Zuckerberg is going to run for the United States presidency? Uh, what I'm what I'm saying is what he's doing with these visits around the country is something that people who want to run for president do. Now, I I don't know what his motivations are. Um, I I think that would be a hard sell for him to run. You know, he'd run as a Democrat. Um, and you know, and obviously, he, I mean, enormously successful guy. I think, though, that people would be a little freaked out that the guy who runs Facebook, which has so, so much data about us and, and also can influence, you know, with their algorithms and, and depending on, like, what content they show its users, um, could, could really manipulate election outcomes. I think people would be so freaked out about that. I'm not sure how far his candidacy would go. I think I think I think. People of both political parties would be a little creeped out at the idea that he, of all people, is running for public office. I think that'd be a major impediment to any candidacy. But he's also got like $60 billion, so I don't know. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do, I guess. Um, what I thought was interesting about his visit to Williston, because he afterwards he wrote about it on, well, on Facebook, as you might imagine. Uh, he wrote some interesting things, and, and I think he hit, and I wrote about this on SayAnythingBlog.com earlier today, I think he hit on a fundamental truth about oil development. And, you know, in, in his, I, and I, I, if you go to SayAnythingBlog.com, I've got a link to his whole Facebook post. You can check it out there. But here's what he wrote. Um he said he, he he starts by describing what what people told him when the Dakota Access Pipeline was was finished and people like had like a parade in Williston they had like a parade and they set off fireworks and stuff because obviously the Dakota Access Pipeline is a big deal for the North Dakota oil patch it took something like six to seven dollars per barrel off the cost of bringing a barrel of North Dakota crude to market that's a big deal. And so he wrote, it's interesting to see this perspective when science overwhelmingly suggests fossil fuels contribute to climate change, which is one of the great challenges our generation will have to deal with. Uh, many people I talk to here acknowledge this, but also feel a sense of pride that their work contributes to serving real needs that we all have every day, keeping our homes warm, getting to work, feeding us, and more. They believe competition from new sources of energy is good, but from their perspective, until renewables can provide most of our energy at scale, they are providing an important service we all rely on, and they wish they'd stop being demonized for it. Well, does that not just make perfect sense, Natil? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, th I think that's something. I, I mean, that's something I say all the time: is we all use oil. Everybody uses oil. Mark Zuckerberg uses oil. You use oil. I use oil. We all used oil today. It's everywhere. Our economy runs on it. Our quality of life depends on it. And there's all these people out there, these these zealots, including the ones who protested against the Dakota Access Pipeline, who are screaming about keep it in the ground, who are screaming about renewables. Well, you know what? Renewables are not ready to provide America all the energy it needs. Not while we maintain the quality of living we have today. It's just not. The market's not ready for it. Renewables are not ready. So the thing is, is, is we're all using this stuff. We got to develop it. We got to pump it out of the ground. And the debate shouldn't be about whether or not we pump it out of the ground. It should be, how do we do it safely? That's a debate I don't mind having. 
The debate that drives me nuts is this idea that we could just move on from oil to something else. We can't. I think even Mark Zuckerberg has to admit that. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. But I found myself in a place that I've never been. A place that I Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Talking about Mark Zuckerberg's uh, visit to Western North Dakota. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. You know, I, I, trips like that, you know, whether it's somebody who's looking to run for president or somebody doing whatever the hell it is Mark Zuckerberg's doing, um, I, I think it's... I, I mean, I, I, I get what, what they're wanting to do. I, I mean, the idea is, well, I'm going to go out and, and learn about people who, who live in different ways than I do, who live in different places than I do, who have different backgrounds than I do. And I mean, that's you can't turn up your nose at that. That's a good thing. That's a generally positive thing. Right? Yeah, I think so. But on, on the other hand, they're almost... There almost seems to be a little bit of, of arrogance in it, too. Right? Like... Like Zuckerberg's like coming down off the throne to like see how the peasants live, right? I mean, am I, am I, is that? Do you think that's unfair that that I think? That, I mean, I, to me, it, it just seems tinged that way a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of arrogance in the idea that I'm going to visit an oil rig and now I understand how people who live in the oil patch live. Like, I, it, and maybe that's not what he's doing. Maybe that's unfair to me. But I just I feel like there's just a whiff of that. Well, I don't think it would be possible for him to have done it any other way i mean he's he's a very very rich individual and if he is seeking some insight into where people who aren't in his financial situation are at there's no better way to do that than to go out to those locations so I, i don't see how he could have done it without sort of giving that whiff of arrogance because he he just is rich yeah yeah, no, that's true. I mean, there's just no, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably being unfair. I, I just, I don't know. When when I was reading his post on Facebook, just, just the sort of glibly, well, you know, well, you know, these people are pro-oil, despite science saying this and that and the other thing. And it's just like, I, I, I and maybe we all do that. I, I guess, I guess we all just bring our assumptions with us wherever we go. And, and that's. Those are his assumptions. Those are his biases, and he's bringing there. And at least he is engaging with people with a different point of view. And I, I think, especially in this day and age, that's to be applauded. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Steven, on line one, what's up? Yeah, say, uh, don't you think it was more like research than anything? Where he yeah, was I, I suppose. Trying to figure yeah. out what's going on with the fracking. And uh, he wanted to, uh, you know, he's kind of an anti-frack guy. He's one of those guys. And uh, he might have been out there doing a little research, figuring, you know, we're going to have these self-drivers, and they're going to be electric and everything else, and I want to see who and what it's going to affect. Yeah, well, I mean, that's and that's the thing. I mean, I don't think, 
Listen, I'm I am pro oil development, but I am not against things competing with oil. I, I am not against things competing with coal or natural gas or, or anything else. I am for a vibrant energy market where the best you know it, you know we, we are free basically to, to choose the best forms of energy that are going to work. The problem is the energy markets have become addled by politics. Uh, I, I think a lot of environmentalism is just that politics. I, I think it's hysteria masquerading as science, uh, which in turn is dictating public policy, a lot of which is unnecessary. Um, so, I mean, listen, if something comes along that's better than oil uh, and there's a there's a better way to power cars or there's a better way to get around, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I, I'm not saying that, that we have to do things the way we're currently doing them forever and ever, amen. I'm just saying I don't want change to be done based on political whims. I want them to be done based on reality and and a lot of a lot of the the green uh, you know subsidies and everything else we're doing in the name of environmentalism to me comes off as just just cronyism politics as usual and and a lot of sort of pie in the sky um pollyannish uh nonsense frankly no i concur i mean uh my thing is it needs to be cost effective so that it's not just the uber wealthy that can afford the energy and uh we also have to have a delivery mechanism in place and i think that's the biggest problem we have right now is we only have one delivery mechanism yeah well you know and and, and i think i think the the assumption everybody makes is that there's going to be like one thing that replaces oil i mean oil at least when it comes to like transportation and cars is, is sort of a universal product. But even, you know, even if we stopped using oil to power our cars, I mean, obviously that would remove a ton of demand on oil, but we use oil for a lot of other things too. I mean, developing plastics, developing a lot of the products that we use every day, petroleum's everywhere. Your cell phone has petroleum in it um, or petroleum byproducts or whatever. But I, my, my point being, we may never stop pumping oil. Now we may change the way we use it, um, and, and also when it comes to like replacing oil, oil may be replaced by a number of different things. One day you may go to a filling station instead of having, you know, just the different octanes of fuel available. You may have a menu of options. You may have, you know, plug your car in to do a quick charge electronically. You may fill it up with some natural gas. I don't know. I don't know where the markets are going. If I did, I could be as rich as Mark Zuckerberg perhaps, but you know, I, I, I think that there's a hubris involved in, in thinking that, people have a a vision for what's going to be and nobody really has that vision i I think what we've got to do is just let the market play itself out uh, and do the best we can i concur but at least he was here so that's good spending money that is i give him credit for that and and i again i think thanks for the call Stephen. i think that's a big thing to deal and we talk about it on this show all the time is the need to talk to people who disagree Uh, you know whatever he comes away with whatever he does with this information at least he tried yeah, At least he, he's out he there def- talking. He definitely came out here and talked to people and listened to people. So he's he's and, at least making an effort to create some sort of line of communication. And and while I think, you know, his his personal biases in, in the post he did about his visit to Williston, although his personal biases I think were definitely on display, um I think he fair I think he fairly accounted for what he saw. You know, I, I think he's he's making an honest attempt and I give him credit for that. All right, we're going to talk about why this, why Republicans in this poll are hating on colleges, hating on universities. I well, hates maybe the wrong word, but 
They're not as positive as they used to be. We'll talk with Clay Rutledge from NDSU about that. Coming up next on The Rob Report. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Your call in number 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Article from the uh, Grand Forks Herald. America's colleges are harming the country, the majority of Republicans now say. It's a strong downward slide in public opinion that some experts fear could exacerbate growing divides among Americans and lead to higher levels of student debt. The conclusion from a report this week by the Pew Research Center in Washington, based on a survey of 2,504 adults, reflects a reversal from just two years ago when 54% of Republican and Republican-leaning Americans said colleges and universities had a positive impact on the way things were going in the country. Now 58% say the opposite, that higher education institutions are having a negative impact on the U.S. In 2015, only 37% of Republicans said that. Uh, I have on with me NDSU Professor Clay Rutledge. Uh, Clay, welcome to the program. Um, Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Doing fine. Now, you've written in the past about ideological balance on campus, or, or I guess the ideological atmosphere on campus and how a lot of times right of center point of views are not welcome or are hostile. Now, I'm looking at these poll numbers, and I to me I think there's an obvious connection between campuses being perceived, be it fairly or unfairly, depending on the campus, as being hostile to right of center point of views and Republicans saying, you know, ha- having, I-, I guess, a declining opinion of, of colleges and universities themselves. I- is that the connection you're making as well? Yeah, I think that I know some people are quick to blame conservative media as as sort of creating this problem. But I, I tend to agree with you that really at some level it's just revealing what people are learning about a growing imbalance in, you know, in academia in which conservative voices or even centrist voices are, you know, largely marginalized, at least in particular fields. And as you noted, yeah. um, we're talking about national level data. I mean, the, the, the picture gets a little bit more nuanced if you look at more specific regions of the country or at a more local level. Right. And, and I mean, and I was going to make that point because, you know, we're talking about a national poll here, and I think that a lot of the opinions in the poll are probably being influenced by very high-profile stories coming out of places like Berkeley or some of these other universities where, you know, we've had scandals where, uh, you know, mobs of protesters won't let a, a conservative speaker uh, have their say or they'll disrupt an event or there'll be shouting matches or there's some absurd scandal over uh cultural appropriation or, or something that just comes off to the general public as just being very very absurd that probably has i mean th- those stories from what is relatively a, a small number of campuses probably influence this overall opinion a lot 
so I think that's a fair criticism, or, or, or I, I guess maybe a fair rebuttal to, to the polling or, or to the attitude that colleges are, are bad for the country. And by the way, if somebody asked me if, if colleges or universities are bad for the country, my answer would be no. I mean, even even whatever ideological imbalances I may perceive at a given ca- campus, I think overall the education is good. My my answer would be no to this this story, but I, I think there is... Is there is there a perception problem that universities maybe need to start addressing that's that's driving this? Yeah, and you know, first I'd note that I think you hit on a on a on an important point just now um, when you when you expressed your own opinion, and I think it's worth people really thinking specifically about that question of that, of colleges being bad for the country because I, I suspect that th- some different results might have emerged if you asked conservative question conservatives questions like are colleges bad for your children and for your children's future because i think at some level people are making a cultural observation as you were suggesting that's you know might be driven more heavily by you know the more elite colleges and uh, especially liberal parts of the country but that's a different question from you know conservative families and young people sitting around the table at home trying to decide what's best for them and what they need to do to specifically pursue their career ambitions and goals so i think that's an important point too that i think that this poll doesn't um, necessarily, necessarily touch on. And it also gets to your question about the perception problem. I think one silver lining of this survey is I hope that it causes colleges to take a look in the mirror and really think about the fact that um, we know from from data that Oncologists t- or academics tend to lean left, particularly in some fields, um, and we know we have a relatively center-right nation, and especially our public institutions that are funded by tax dollars in some way or another. Um, we need to to appreciate that our, our our job is to educate and to represent all Americans, not just a particular political sect. And so I hope I hope polls like this force universities to think about that perception and think about, well, are we what are we doing to contribute to um, a sense of conservative? Welcome back. Grab report on 970 WDAY. Your call-in number, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Article from the uh, Grand Forks Herald, America's colleges are harming the country, the majority of Republicans now say. It's a strong downward slide in public opinion that some experts fear could exacerbate growing divides among Americans and lead to higher levels of student debt. The conclusion from a report this week by the Pew Research Center in Washington, based on a survey of 2,504 adults, reflects a reversal from just two years ago when 54% of Republican and Republican-leaning Americans said colleges and universities had a positive impact on the way things were going in the country. Now 58% say the opposite, that higher education institutions are having a negative impact on the U.S. In 2015, only 37% of Republicans 
said that. Uh, I have on with me NDSU professor Clay Rutledge. Uh, Clay, welcome to the program. And thanks for having me. How are you doing? Doing fine. Now, you've written in the past about ideological balance on campus, or, or I guess the ideological atmosphere on campus and how so, a lot of times right of center point of views uh, are, are not welcome or, or are, are hostile. Now I'm looking at these poll numbers and I, I, to me, I think there's an obvious connection between campuses being perceived, be it fairly or unfairly, depending on the campus as being hostile to right of center point of views and Republicans saying, you know, ha- having, I, I guess, a declining opinion of, of colleges and universities themselves. I, is that the connection you're making as well? Yeah, I think that I know some people are quick to blame conservative media as as sort of creating this problem. But I, I tend to agree with you that really at some level it's just revealing what people are learning about a growing imbalance in you know in academia in which conservative voices or even centrist voices are you know largely marginalized at least in particular fields and as you noted um we're talking about national level data i mean the, the the picture gets a little bit more nuanced if you look at more specific regions of the country or at a more local level right and i mean and i was going to make that point because you know, we're talking about a national poll here, and I think that a lot of the opinions in the poll are probably being influenced by very high-profile stories coming out of places like Berkeley or some of these other universities where, you know, we've had scandals where, uh, you know, mobs of protesters won't let a, a conservative speaker uh, have their say or they'll disrupt an event or there'll be shouting matches or there's some absurd scandal over uh, cultural appropriation or, or something that just comes off to the general public as just being very, very absurd. That probably has, I mean, th- those stories from what is relatively a, a small number of campuses probably influence this overall opinion a lot. Uh, so I think that's a fair criticism, or, or, or I, I guess maybe a fair rebuttal to, to the polling or, or to the attitude that colleges are, are bad for the country. And by the way, if somebody asked me if, if colleges or universities are bad for the country, my answer would be no. I mean, even even whatever ideological imbalances I may perceive at a given ca- campus, I think overall the education is good. My, my answer would be no to this this story, but I, I think there is... Is there is there a perception problem that universities maybe need to start addressing that's that's driving this? Yeah, and you know, first I'd note that I think you hit on a on a on an important point just now um, when you when you expressed your own opinion, and I think it's worth people really thinking specifically about that question of that, of colleges being bad for the country because I, I suspect that th- some different results might have emerged if you asked conservative question conservatives questions like are colleges bad for your children and for your children's future because i think at some level people are making a cultural observation as you were suggesting that's you know might be driven more heavily by you know the more elite colleges and uh, especially liberal parts of the country but that's a different question from you know conservative families and young people sitting around the table at home trying to decide 
what's best for them and what they need to do to specifically pursue their career ambitions and goals. So I think that's an important point, too, that I think that this poll doesn't um, necessarily touch on. And it also gets to your question about the perception problem. I think one silver lining of this survey is I hope that it causes colleges to take a look in the mirror and really think about the fact that um, we know from from data that oncologists t- or academics tend to lean left, particularly in some fields, um, and we know we have a relatively center-right nation, and especially our public institutions that are funded by tax dollars in some way or another, um, we need to to appreciate that our, our, our job is to educate and to represent all Americans, not just a particular political sect. And so I hope I hope polls like this force universities to think about that perception and think about well, are we what are we doing to contribute to um, a sense of conservative. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. You'll want to stay tuned for that. I don't know. What should we do? This is my last segment of radio for over a week. I I don't know what to do with it. You're on your own, man. You're the one making the big bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Those big radio personality dollars. Yeah, that's right. Um I don't know. I, um, we're heading to Medora. I haven't been to Medora in a few years. Uh, unfortunately, not Medora's fault. My fault. I love going to Medora. Gosh, but, I think uh, it's been over a decade for me. Really? Well, oh. I, drove, I drove through Medora a few years back on my way to uh, Montana. I went out to the Great Big Glacier National Park out there. But that was during, that was not during like peak Medora time. Yeah. It's such it's such a good it's such a nice place it's such a fun place to visit. Um, I am really looking forward to it. I haven't been in a few years. We're doing the whole shebang. Tiger Lily is out there. My girls are going to the Tiger Lily concert, uh, so that'll be fun. Are you gonna uh, ride? Are you gonna do a horse trail? No, I, oh, me and horses man. don't. Me and horses don't get along. The trail horses are perfect, though. They don't. They don't want. They my, pilot my, themselves. They don't want my chubby butt up on the back <laughs> of a horse. So no, I'm not doing that. Also, I am I'm a terrible I can't ride in a car when somebody else is driving. I can't be on an animal um that's that's just going to decide to go its own way sometime. I can't handle that. That's not that's not something I can do. So no, no horse riding. Um I don't know. I we're going to see the sights though. We're going to see the historical sights, probably uh, take a cruise through the park and do all that. Maybe do some hiking, walking around. I I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I is like... the is the taffy maker still open? Well, they got to be. Or you go in and they like they're making the taffy and you can watch them through that glass pane stretching all the taffy out. And, oh. They got to be. I'm sure they are. That was I'm one sure of my favorite are. parts about Medora when we used to go. Yeah. The um yeah, it's I don't know. It's just a special place. I mean, it's a it's a real jewel in, in the state of North Dakota and people who have it. And and by the way, I'm not getting paid by Medora to <laughs> this isn't I'm not meaning to do a product placement. I'm just really really looking forward to my vacation. It's been a while since I've taken one and I'm excited to go to Medora. I think it's going to be a blast. Uh 
Um, excited to take my kids. Excited to camp. We rented a camper for the weekend, which I think is fun. I think that's going to be fun. I like camping out. Although I, I like to camp out in a tent, but it's going to be like 100 degrees. And I don't know. I, I decided we might need an air conditioner for the weekend. That'll be nice. A uh, couple minutes left, 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, former state senator Tim Flackle is going to be sitting in for me tomorrow. I think he's got somebody booked, like, from the love boat Wait, what, on the really? show. Yeah. I don't. That's he was cool. telling me about it. He was he was telling me about it, and I, I don't know exactly. But, yeah, I think he's got, like, some former cast member from the, the love boat on, on the show. I think that's what he was telling me. That's going to be fun. You're definitely going to want to tune in to hear what that's all about. Well, that's it for me. We won't talk tomorrow. We won't talk next week. I guess we'll talk later this month. You can always catch me 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.